to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Bow your heads with me very quickly. Father, we tell you thank you for yet again another day. Thank you for this time of sharing. We pray for receptive hearts and for receptive minds. We bind the spirit of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, to come to cloud the mind that we may not be able to receive your word. We speak that the word of God would fall onto good ground, that we would not just be hearers of your word, God, but give us strength to be doers. We pray that your name would be glorified. The enemy would be terrified. Every sick body would be healed. Every broken heart would be mended. Every crazy mind, God, will be regulated. We speak life even in the midst of death. Power of life and death, it flows out of our tongue. And we announce right now, we serve the devil notice right now that today will not be like any other day. But today will be the beginning of the best days of the rest of my life. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And every heart and mind says, Amen. I want to have a thought for this morning. My thought would be spiritual gladiator. Spiritual gladiator. I wanted to come here to the book of Ephesians that deals with the armor of God who was penned by that great apostle who we have been preaching about the last few weeks by the name of the apostle Paul. We find that this book of Ephesians was sent to the church that was located in Ephesus. This city, Ephesus, in Asia Minor, it flourished under the Roman control. The name Ephesus, it means to be desirable, and it's believed that many people stayed there because it was a desirable place to live, the third largest city during the time of Paul. According to the writings of the Bible, we understand that this church in Ephesus was established on Paul's second missionary journey. Paul actually took three of them. I looked up one writing, and the writing didn't say it was a journey. They called it a tour. And I thought to myself, we know about famous artists going on tour, but before the rappers and the singers started going on tour, Paul was touring with the gospel, going by different city to city, without the ticket sales, but still pulling the crowd. And so it would be this Ephesus that Paul would establish on his second missionary journey after he leaves Corinth. We find that this church in Ephesus, this Ephesians church, that it would be the same church that John would relate to in Revelations when he would write the letter to the seven churches of Asia. This church that most theologians seem to believe that it would stood the test of time, that even after the apostles were gone, decades later, this Ephesians church would still be standing. It is this church at Ephesus that we find in Acts chapter 19 that many sick people were healed, that devils were cast out from the aprons from Paul's body. 
that as he labored in the gospel and sweated in the gospel, they would take the cloth from off of his body and lay hands on people, and they were miraculously healed. It is in this same church of Ephesus, same place of Ephesians, that we find that this is where the devil knew Paul's name. As we discussed on last week, that I don't know if Paul knew the devil, but the devil showed enough knew Paul. That was in Ephesus. But I wanted to come here because in this place of Ephesus, the church started with a little bit of turmoil, as most of the churches that Paul would begin. We find that in that Acts chapter 19, that the people of Ephesus, that they worshiped a goddess called Diana. Because of a product of my generation, I couldn't help but think of Dirty Diana with Michael Jackson. And those of you that are Michael Jackson fans, that was like my favorite song. How can you put it on now? I might do something up here in the pulpit. Dirty, dirty Diana. But they were worshiping Dirty Diana. And the Bible said that they had books of magic, and the books of magic were burned because they held the gospel. But it is my belief that in this church of Ephesus, and as Paul would write this letter, we would find that Paul would write a letter that is challenging. It is my belief that if you're in a ministry that only motivates you but never challenges you on lifestyle, that is the wrong preacher for you. God didn't ordain us to preach motivational sermons only, but he ordained us to preach sermons that will compel people to live better. Big baby telling me, say, Jones, that sometimes when life get pressures, when I ain't got enough money to take care of my family sometimes, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it from paycheck to paycheck, he say, man, the, the enemy, he comes back and he, he reminds me of what I used to do and how I used to make money and how I can just run down to Miami and get a brick and bring it back and I can have my whole house paid off. You have to be careful when you get into pressurous moments in life because the enemy will make you the right offer, the wrong offer at the right time. Be careful of the wrong offer at the right time. Catch what I'm saying? The wrong offer at the right time be careful of the wrong man at the right time sometimes you at the house and you just lonely you feel like being hell you ain't trying to go all y'all ain't gonna let me preach up in here you just at the house you just want to be hell you ain't trying to go all the way but you know if you call him he gonna want to go sometimes he send the wrong woman at the right time trouble in your marriage the wrong woman Get out of there, Jones. Y'all come on. I don't want to say that. So Paul challenges the believer. Y'all don't want that. Let's get on out of here. So Paul challenges the believer. He challenges them and he tells them. Verse 29, he says, listen here. He said, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Profanity uses. Using words that does not edify, that does not glorify. Some of us come from a history of always cussing. Some of us still cussing. If you want to know whether or not you deliver from profanity, just have you a few kids. Kids will make you, y'all ain't going to say amen. Listen, kids will let you know whether or not you finish cursing. If you ain't finished cussing, trust me, your little baby will let you know. Because they're going to do something to bring you right. You know what, I, boy, you don't even know. You know kids, y'all, okay. But let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. He talks about bitterness. He talks about anger. I don't want to stay on anger, but there's some of us that deal with the spirit of anger. And anger can turn into wrath. Paul says you have to battle these things. He challenges us not to allow anger to dominate us. There's some of us that are angry by, you wake up, man. 
You wake up and don't want to talk to nobody. Hey, I don't feel like all that today. Well, she, well, listen, folk that wake up mad, you be mad because somebody else woke up happy. <laughs> what they all happy for? It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Why she coming into work smiling? Girl, it's 7.30. Be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That you may be able to stand against the tricks of the enemy. You may be able to stand when the devil sends the wrong person at the right time. You must not only operate in God's strength, but you must put on the armor. Notice in verse number 11 and verse number 13, he deals with the armor of God, but you also see this word. You see the word called stand. You see stand in verse number 11 and you also see stand in verse number 13. May I submit to you that God's purpose for you and I is not to be falling down all the time but his purpose is that we stand. This is why Jews said now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless he said God is able to keep you not always falling but God is able to keep you. Somebody shout standing. You ought to say I'm going to stand. So he tells them in 13 11 and 13 to put on the armor and to stand against the wiles of the enemy. By the time you get to verse number 12, the apostle Paul say, let me let you know who your real enemy is. Your real enemy is not the wife. Your real enemy is not the husband. The real enemy is not your child. The real enemy is not your job. He says, but the real enemy is spiritual wickedness. There are powers and principalities. And he said they are set up in high places. See, you can't get the victory until you can identify who your enemy is. Because until you can identify your enemy, you're going to be fighting against the wrong person. May I submit to you that we have been fighting the wrong people. We have been fighting against flesh and blood. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, it says that we war not after the flesh. And so the flesh is not my fight. What you can see is not your fight. How do you know this young preacher? Don't you remember when Jesus Christ was talking about going to the cross and Peter grabs Jesus and he says, Lord, be it far from thee and Jesus looks at Peter and he says get thee behind me Satan now he was talking looking at Peter but he was addressing the spirit that was controlling Peter may I submit to you you got to stop addressing the person and address the spirit that's controlling the person because if you don't address the spirit you really don't address the problem it is the word of God can I preach this thing just like I feel you see the word gladiator it comes from a Latin word called gladiator Gladius, and gladius means it means a sword, but gladiator means I'm a swordsman. So when I say you're a spiritual gladiator, what I'm saying is you're a spiritual swordsman. You know how to use a sword, not just a natural sword, but the spiritual sword. Can I preach this thing just like I feel? I think I'm about ready, and then I'm going home. As I begin to pray, I say, Lord, what? Can I tell him huh, about the spiritual sword? Huh? He says, son, you got to tell him huh, that for too long huh, the sword is still in the sheath. Huh? You see this cover huh, that is on the sword. Huh? They call that a sheath. Huh? He say the devil's been hitting you, huh? hitting you in your mind, huh? but you still got your sword. Huh? Your sword is in the sheath. Huh? The devil's been hitting you huh? in your emotions, huh? but you still got the sword. Huh? The sword in the sheath. Huh? He say the devil's been hitting you huh? in your marriage. Huh? The devil's been hitting you huh? in your home. Huh? The devil's been hitting you huh? in your body. Huh? But God told me to tell you huh? that in this season huh? you got to make up in your mind huh? that you're getting ready to 
take the sheep off. You ought to tell somebody, I'm ready to strike back. I'm ready to hit back. Every time you pray, you strike the enemy. Every time you praise, you strike the enemy. Every time you worship, you strike the enemy. You ought to turn to a neighbor and say, neighbor, that Bible don't do you no good if you don't quote it. That Bible don't do you no good if you don't speak it. That Bible don't do you no good if you don't live it. You ought to tell somebody, you got to strike back. You got to tell the devil, nay, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. You got to tell the devil that no weapon that is formed against me, it shall not prosper. You got to tell the devil that when you come in like a flood, that God will lift up a standard against him. God told me to tell you, it's time to pull the sword out and fight for your family. When you get home, anoint your baby. Anoint their room. Anoint their house. Anoint their mind. You ought to tell somebody, I'm pulling out my sword and I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. Get